on this Sunday evening. Uh, with me tonight, we don't have any guests, but we have my co-host, Peter Allison. Good evening, everyone. How are you doing? We're a bit thin on the we're a bit of thin on the grind today, Pete. No John Joe, yeah. no Mark. What's going Slackers. on? Slackers. You know, the after our conversation about, you know, getting down, doing the podcast, it's doing quite well for itself and, you know, getting on it, it's like, oh, can't make it. Yeah. Yeah. Part-timers. Part-timers, you know, when, when no dedication, no when, professionalism. Yeah, when we're rich and famous, we'll remember them. Exactly. No, no, no visiting the West Wing or our, our palatial mansions oh, and our guitar-shaped no, no. pools. We, we see in the Oval Office. <laughs> <laughs> not that I've got setting the sights high or anything, you know. No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I finally, we'll go straight into it. Um, I finally got to see Doctor Strange the oh. other day. I went to see, so I went to see uh, The Northman uh, on, yep. I got, went to see The Northman on uh, the Thursday. Uh, or was oh, it Thursday? Right. Well, yeah. I, so but I went to see it twice. So, sorry, I went to see Northman on the Monday, and then I went to see Doctor Strange on the Tuesday. Uh, so two days in the cinema, which was great. Um, and um, we can talk about these things as you've seen Doctor Strange. I have um, indeed. Uh, I'll talk about the Northman. Uh, I'll not do any spoilers. I did a quick review of it uh, for the website, which is up a spoiler-free review of the Northman. The Northman. I've seen the trailers, and basically, it looks like Vikings on acid. Ah, okay, right. So we'll, we'll talk about the Northman first before we go okay. into it, and I'll, I'll not I'll not give anything away. Uh, though to be honest, you probably kind of know the story because I'll, I'll explain. But um, I went to see the Northman. Uh, my preconception of what the Northman was was just going to be Vikings meets Conan meets something like that. I, you know, I saw like one advert, just saw this big, you know, Alexander Skarsgård looking absolutely hench, and um, you know. Uh, killing people on axe and stuff uh and i was like okay so you know it's going to be like that that could be an interesting i was and i saw some good reviews but i also saw some sort of like you know people who didn't seem to get it so i went with um my friend uh john and the first thing it gets you is it isn't what you expect it to be um and i I, I heard some people say it was kind of like Hamlet and I was just like, like Hamlet. And I was just like, okay, so that's interesting. That's a bit of an, so I was expecting sort of Shakespearean language and stuff. Now it doesn't have Shakespearean language. It does have very sort of poetic type of things going on. The way they talk to each other and stuff and the way they sort of interact with the world around them is very old school, sort of kind of Viking-esque. You know, there's like, there is mythology and uh, and sort of fantasy around them and stuff. But the main character in it is a guy called Amleth. And if you wonder why Amleth sounds familiar, is because Amleth uh, is... Base is is an Icelandic legend that Hamlet, not Hamlet, that Shakespeare got the inspiration for oh. Hamlet. So basically, what he's done, what the director has done, has basically taken the original legend yeah. of Hamlet and and made it into a film. So basically, there is, and I put it in. in if you look on the website, uh, you can yeah. check the sort of. I've put a link uh, for the Wikipedia and stuff, so you can see about it. So basically, Shakespeare's taken. The, the, the tragedy of Hamlet 
uh, which is based in Denmark and obviously Vikings, stuff like that. So it, it's sort of, I'll say modernized, but it's more contemporary to him than it is sort of in, in, Iceland, uh, in sort of 10th century, yeah. uh, 10th century um, Viking era as is Amleth. But it's basically, that's what it is. It's basically a, a legend that inspired Shakespeare. And because of it, there is very Shakespearean, it, it feels very Shakespearean. Um, it's very odd. Um, for 15, it's also very gory. It's very Ooh. sort of like myself and my friend John were watching it and we're just like, why is this not an 18? And I, I'm not sure. Maybe there is a bit of sex in it. Maybe there's just not a lot. There's not loads of swearing in it. So maybe that sort of knocked it down a bit but it's it it's it's pretty graphic like there's a bit where he kills a bunch of people and he basically uses their bodies to make the shape of this sort of like horse on the side of a wall and it's like you know torsos and legs yeah. and things. it's pretty gruesome um but it, yeah it's it's really good i really enjoyed it uh it wasn't okay. anything that i was expecting um I'll, I'll again if you if you know anything about hamlet you kind of get the idea of how it's going to yeah. go and stuff um but it does not end well yeah so it's it's it is a tragedy and stuff so but it, it it's just so it's kind of it's got viking-esque like series viking-esque sort of things in it like there's a bit in it where bjork who's like he plays a priestess in it yeah. and she's sort of like he's talking to and Skarsgård's character Amleth is talking to her and stuff about you know um, his destiny and things and it's like it's very Vikings ass when they're talking to the seer with no eyes and Vikings and things like that so there are similar things like this the, you know when they fight and it's good it's quite gory um, you know the, it, there's <laughs> there's bits in it which you're just like fuck why is this a 15 um, but it, it sort of kind of intermingles sort of like um, as you would expect from any sort of kind of old school Norse legend where maybe the gods did exist and stuff. Yeah. So there's things that happen and you're not sure if it's reality or dream and he sees things and it's like, is that him sort of thinking about it? So he, you know, or, it, you know, did it happen? And it's very well done. And it, if you're looking for this sort of action-packed sort of action-packed gore fest, you're you're probably not going to get yeah. that you know there is fighting in it there is some really good fighting in it there's some pretty grim sort of kind of things happen in it but it's very trippy it's very bloody um it's the the, the way they talk to each other and stuff is very sort of shakespearean in a way it's not but it, it's it's kind of hard to explain you'd have to watch it but don't expect yeah. it to be like conan or vikings yeah. and stuff like that because it's not yeah did you enjoy it Oh yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Okay. Um, once I grasped it and I understood, like when I first heard them say Hamlet, I was like, "Did they say Hamlet?" And then I started kind of putting two to two together, and it's like my 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 sort of I haven't I haven't read Hamlet in a very 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 long time, but I kind of remember ish the story and stuff. And there was yeah. bits, and I'm just like, "This is familiar." And then I sort of kind of it all started kind of clicking together and then when people said it, it was like hamlet i was just like oh my god it really is and the whole thing is just you know there's there's a bit in it and i'm there's i'll not give you any spoilers again if you've seen you know hamlet you'll kind of know kind of what's going on but there's a bit in it where um uh ethan hawk hunt sorry ethan, ethan hawk sorry uh who plays the father whose name i can't remember and um scars guards character amleth 
when he's younger, go into this sort of kind of place where, you know, he becomes a man effectively. He sort of has, and they both start acting like dogs. And there, and then it's got, um, what's his name? Um, William Defoe, uh, who's oh. is in it. And he sort of is, he's like the jester, but he also plays one of the sort of um, priests in it. And he, it's just so bizarre. It's really yeah. weird the way they, and it's, you know, and I thought, because Nicole Kidman's in it, and I was like, oh, I don't know. She's that gonna... is a, they've got a fantastic cast. Yeah, I mean, and Nicole like, Kidman, even Hogg. Yeah, even though, and I thought, you know, the accents wise, I didn't think they'd pull it off, but they did. Yeah. You know, it was all, you know, you, she's really good. Like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of hers, but I thought she did. I thought, you know, she brilliant. Uh, the way yeah. she, the way she is, and how she's, she's the mother. She's Amla's mother, and there's lots of sort of edge to it and stuff. And there's more, you know, what happens later on. You have to watch it and stuff, but it's just like. It's it's just mad and stuff, and it's got. I think it's got. Now I'm not sure if it's the same girl or not. But you, uh, uh, Queen's Gambit, uh, the uh, Netflix series about the chess, the lady who oh, plays chess. Yes. I think she watching, yeah. plays the a Slavic slave girl. Oh, in it, yeah, because she, she was good in Queen's Gambit. No, I I, I can't be a hundred percent sure. I'm pretty sure it's her though. I could be yeah. wrong. Okay. Somebody, could, somebody in the comments can obviously, uh, or you know, after when they're listening to it, can comment or whatever. But it, I'm pretty sure it's her. Um, but yeah, it was really good. And uh, it's just, <laughs> I was in the toilet afterwards. So I was in the toilet of the cinema afterwards. And um, there was a guy in there who'd obviously gone into it with the same sort of mindset as I had. You know, this is going to be like Conan or Vikings, Vikings the movie, and it wasn't, um, despite it having its sort of things, similar things. And uh, he was just like, mate, what the fuck was that? You know, that was horrible. What the hell was that, that's, that, that horse going into space for? And I was just like valkyries you know it obviously yeah. didn't understand the concept of a valkyrie and stuff and he was just couldn't he couldn't get his little mind around it and stuff and i thought that was hilarious so i just walked out laughing. i want to I want, to, I want to hear that you know monologue from him yeah. in, in full actually one film i've seen as well actually literally just finished watching is firestarter ah uh, okay okay right that's the um so I because we got a preview of this we've we got a preview of this yeah no it's got mixed I've not watched it yet um I can grasp because it's based on a Stephen King novel isn't it yeah it's a 1980 Stephen King novel which was later made into a film back in 1984 yeah and the film has now been remade just now and to put it nicely just stick with the original film. All right, okay, because it, it got it got some pretty bad it, it got pretty bad reviews. To be fair, and, yeah, the premise is great. I mean, it suffers from the Stephen King um, mark of. I mean, the Stephen King films are always you know very mixed. I mean, you've got the fantastic ones such as The Mist, apart from the last five minutes, which is shit. Um, <laughs> really, um, I could have a rant about that for half an hour, but I won't because we talk about Firestarter. And you got like um, and the Green Mile and uh, Shawshank Redemption, and also t- uh, t- not together with me. Uh, uh, the stand. Yes. Yeah. The stand. 
Uh, it was a TV no. film. It wasn't really a film, was it? Yeah, Stand was always a bit hit and mix because anyway, because it's big. Um, but anyway, Stand by Me as well, another fantastic Stephen King film. But then you got the turkeys, and this is unfortunately is one of the turkeys. I mean, it's by Blumhouse Productions as well, Jason Blum, and he's done some fantastic horror films. And really, he should know better. Um, I mean, he fantastic work on the Purge films. Yeah. But this, I mean, the premise is great. You know, basically. Um, this couple um, take part in, you know, trial drug trials during during college. Have a ch- uh, and it gives them both um, psychic abilities, and then their child has, you know, tele- uh, pyrokinetic um, abilities. But the execution is just very bland. Right. Um, it doesn't do anything new. It doesn't try to say anything different. And a prime example of what it, it's just very lazily done, very ponderous. It's by the same guy that is written by the same guy that did Halloween Kills, which was another kind of nonsensical, unnecessary sequel. Right. Because the remake of Halloween a few years ago was just brilliant. It did not need a sequel. And sometimes because the strength of that, you know, remake a few years ago, it's like, oh, let's make a trilogy. And so you kind of got. Um, but anyway, back to Firestarter. You got here. It's just basically, it's just very bland, very badly executed, and I just not wasn't gripped. I wasn't grabbed by the writing. And example, it's like no, oh, we, we need to kind of uh, protect like our agents from mind control. Okay, we'll just give them special, um, uh, what do you call them? Glasses. Glasses. Uh, implants. Not implants. Sorry. Um, Contact lenses. Right. And it's like, why do contact lenses stop you from being mind controlled? No idea. It's, exactly. And like, but there's no explanation. It's like, oh, these 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 contact lenses protect us from mind control. How how you don't know how his mind abilities work because he's not been on the run for so many years. How do you know that? And I think that's kind of that that kind of lack of laying down the foundations of kind of putting in these kind of plot twists where you could look what, is this bit, have you read that you've read the book have you i've read the book how lot how sort of close to the source material is it premise yes it's very close execution different resolution quite different Right. Um, like in the book ends with basically the young child whoa, 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 before anybody oh, oh, i know it's okay. been i know it's been out the for book, a while but you know just in the off chance I appreciate that, but obviously there's a new film, right? And oh, actually, does okay. the in, in, does the book ending very, and the film very, very different? All right, okay, um, so, all right. So you can do Charlie that. in the book ends with incinerating everything. All right, okay. And basically goes to a library, as a librarian, um, basically, who can I tell a story to that is you know without you no know, government intervention and to go to Rolling Stone magazine, basically, and that was that's how it ends. This ends quite differently. Um, and I mean also when the book was written we were coming out of the 70s psychedelia element where there was drug trials and you know there was kind of cold war element around at the time and you know you got Watergate and Nixon and all that kind of still lingering on so you had the kind of sort of inertia of the current cultural climate that informed um, Firestarter here we live, you know, 40 years later, we live in a very different time. And therefore, the 
it just felt different. And I don't think it needed, it, it modernized it, but I just don't think the way they executed it yeah. did the story justice. Because uh, I, I, I don't like reading reviews before films come out uh but i had a quick sort of because i was like firestarter rings a bell because i sort of vaguely remember the old school film yeah uh it's a good film as well yeah and i and then i i I saw some of the reviews and i was getting slammed and i was just like uh okay um it's not a terrible film right okay watchable then it's (sighs) watchable in the background is the best way i can put it have you, and I think which is almost damning in and of itself, really. Have you ever, this on a random note, have you ever walked out of a film? Um, or stopped watching it because you're just like, this is dog shit. I can't. I have actually, yes. What What was it? I'm trying to remember. I've watched, I watched loads of films as well. I've got two, I've got two examples Go for myself yeah. that... I, I am very easy to please, as you know, Pete. I I, I you know I'm I'm quite I, I'm quite easygoing when it comes to films and stuff like that. I'm very emotionally led, and how things are. If they make me feel good, they make me feel happy. Then you know that's just the way yeah. it is. You know, I also like very deep deep films and stuff like that. I quite like thinking about them and stuff. So, uh, ghost stories, um, and things like that where there's a lot going on, you got to think about it afterwards. I like that sort of thing. But uh, one film that you know. Like, we're, we're talking about mindless sort of kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Transformers First Night, uh, or Last Night, sorry, Last Night. Um, I, I, I couldn't watch it. I literally, I got about 20 minutes into it, 30 minutes into it, and it's just like, this is absolute wank. And I was just like, I, it was horrible. And I, I stopped watching it. I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I was just like, I am not subjecting myself to this film anymore. Uh, and the other one, um, because I'm a massive history buff, I like my history... Um, was Alexander. Um, and, oh, yeah. And it's got um, uh, Colin Farrell in it. Um, and it's got, um, uh, what's his name? Played Batman. Um, Val-, Val Kilmer. And what really upsets me about it is he's got, like, I don't know why they gave this decision that Alexander the Great has an Irish accent. <laughs> And then, because obviously Val Kilmer plays Philip of Macedon, his father, he's got an Irish accent. He puts on an Irish accent, and it's so fucking weird. It's just like odd, and it's just like in general, it just wasn't a good. And I just, it's a film that I stopped watching, and I love my war films and stuff. Um, I just can't, I just couldn't do it at all. Um, Alistair says on Facebook, third, uh, third Scorpion King movie for me. Also download, uh, download it when I fly somewhere as it sends me to sleep in 10 minutes. That's fair. Yeah. One film I have stopped watching and just couldn't watch it. I mean, I'll start with this with, I love Mila Jovovich. I'm yeah. happily married and I still love her. And I love science fiction. I yeah. love vampires. So the film, Ultraviolet, should be an easy sell for me. Short story, it wasn't. It was terrible. It was just, I'm just, I'm sitting there watching what's going on. This makes no absolute sense whatsoever and in a bad way. I mean, I've watched completely bonkers films. I feel, I really admit I love bonkers films, but it's just mind-numbingly dumb. Yeah, yeah. I, it is, I'm, like I said, I'm quite easy to please, but I, I, I'm... 
It's like currently, right? So, and this is, it's on the same top topic, but I'm sort of, I'm, I'm ooming and eyeing about it. So with Picard, uh, it started off, I was a bit like, yeah. I'm just not getting this, but I gave it a chance and eventually it got better. Same thing's happening. Have you heard of the, um, uh, the Pentaverate, which is uh, Mike Myers' new thing on Netflix? Oh, I've heard of it. It sounds weirdly compelling. Thing is, right? So, I've not, he's not been in anything for ages. So he plays a million yeah. characters. He plays as he does. He plays a lot of characters and stuff like that. It's got, um, uh, it's got oh, what's his name? Um, from Keenan and Peele. Um, which one is it? Uh, I can't remember which one is which. No, I, uh, it's like yeah. out the deck. I can't remember. Anyway, I, Keenan, I can't think it's Keenan. Um, but um, he's in it, and uh, it, it's. I'm not sure if it's it's like funny or not, and I'm just sort of kind of getting this because at the st- I've watched like I'm on the third episode, and it's really odd because it's kind of like this the Pentaverate is uh, this sort of Illuminati type thing, but they're kind of good guys. They're trying to help the world, but they do it in a sort of kind of clandestine sort of like you know. Um, weird cultish way and stuff and the guy and it's like Mike one of Mike Myers characters is this Canadian sort of um proper polite nice um journalist and it's got things like when they film in Canada it's all in the old school ratio so uh, it's not it's not widescreen it's sort of like yeah. old school it's a bit grainy and then there's a bit where they go into America and it changes the it goes to it goes to you uh, HD and it's wider and stuff so things it's got little smart things that happen and there's like there's there's bits in it where you know you think all right yeah that's really smart and that is quite amusing but I'm grass. I'm not overly grasping it at the minute, and I'm not sure if I'm just not understanding the humor because it's kind of old school in in a way. It's old school or Mike Myers in a way, um, and I'm not sure if it sort of kind of ties in well with, um, you know, modern humor and stuff. And yeah. I'm just maybe I'm just used to something a bit more shock factor than sort of you know the way it is. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's sort of I'm at that sort of cusp at this moment in time where I'm like. I'm either going to love this or I'm going to really hate it and stop watching it and stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to give it like another episode, maybe a fourth just to make sure. Um, and then decide, but it's like the first one's very sort of dry and there is a bit of humor in it and stuff, but it's just like, there's just loads of characters, all Mike Myers. <laughs> and you're like, it's old school Mike Myers, which it's kind of funny, but isn't, and I don't know. It's, yeah. really, it's aged quite badly and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, so it's, it's sort of teetering at the minute. So I'm kind of going, am I enjoying this? Now there was a bit in the last episode, which I found hilarious. And it's like, it, it's just a bit where they're in a bar. These Canadians are in the bar with an, an American bar. And the Americans obviously are swearing every other word and stuff. And they do a thing where they cut off the Netflix and they'll go, well, you know, we're going to make sure that, you know, we cut out all the swearing. So they go back and they play back the scene with all the swearing gone. But it does this really funny scene of, you have to watch it, but it, it, yeah. it cuts everything out. And it changes the scene really well because it's sort of, so that's funny. But um, it's just odd. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm fully grasping it at the minute. So I'm going to give it another episode or two. 
and see how it, f- if it goes and stuff. Um, again, it's reviews. People have saying it's genius and other people are just saying it's shit. So it's just yeah. like, there's obviously that happy... It's a Marmite film. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a bit of a Marmite thing. So yeah. I'll probably... Yeah, give a few more and then have a think about it. But um, yeah, I, I was kind of excited to see, you know, Mike Myers back again. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, he's been quiet for you know many. He's been quiet for a long time. It's got um, it's got Jennifer Saunders in it. Really? Yeah, it's really it's got oh. Jennifer Saunders in it as yeah, well. Oh, she was in um, as well, Death in the Nile as well. Oh, yeah, she was. Recent. And yeah. that was again. That was a you know fantastic film. Look, it looked amazing, but. It wasn't as good as the first one, I don't think. Yeah, yeah Death on the Orient Express. Um, I mean, even then, I mean, the feel unnecessary. I mean, Kenneth Branagh is bringing his interpretation of Poirot yeah. to Hollywood. But uh, David Suchet's performance was just so iconic as Poirot that any kind of subsequent deviation feels off-putting. And also, uh, Branagh's kind of bringing in elements that were never present in the novels, like the fact that um, uh, Poirot apparently served in World War One. He didn't. He was he was in his 50s then, according to the uh, Agatha Christie's novels. Yeah. And it just feels a bit uh, really... In, in all seriousness, this should have been a completely different character where Branagh could have done whatever he wanted to with the same story or whatever. But kind of making, adhering it to... Uh, making, Forcing it to be a horror film when there's so many changes to it feels like a disservice. Yeah, he's sort of he's on the spectrum as well, isn't he? So like the way he sort of has yeah. to have his eggs in a certain well, way. Well, again, and... that has always been best. He's always been kind of obsessive, compulsive, very focused. He, he has a very precise way, but also he's not in the in the novels. He's never he's he displays of aggression. Oh, he's like he's always kind of stamps his cane down sharply, but it's yeah. very controlled. To see Branner kind of portraying Poirot as shouting at people and ranting and raving, that's like, well, no, Poirot wouldn't do that. He's very controlled, and that part and that control kind of is expressed through his OCD. He he wants to be control everything, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just didn't work for me. Yeah, I I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I watched yeah. it. Um, but it wasn't memorable. I quite liked uh, the Orient Express, um, but I Death in the Nile. It, yeah. I it, 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 I just watched it in the background and stuff. It yeah. was one of those things. I was on my phone at the time, and it didn't really get me sort of off my phone. Um, I mean, even Bird on the Orient Express. I mean, I'm going to get shut down for this, and I apologise. Wasn't that good? I mean, there was a chase scene in there, which you could tell that was only the chase scene to kind of liven things up for Hollywood. And it just felt so out of character for Poirot to be running around after some. That's why he's got his lieutenants for go chase that man down. I'll sit to you with a cup of tea and wait for you to catch him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's just like again, if you want to do take such liberties with a character, create a new character, please. Do not try to avail yourself to an existing IP just to kind of get the audience numbers up. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's, oh uh, yeah. It's, you know, it's like one of the, there's a big thing currently at the minute where obviously with the, uh, the Halo series, um, and, um, 
John uh, Spartan has, has 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 finally got his end away. Apparently, he is no longer a, he is no longer a virgin, and uh, there's this big sort of hoo ha about that and stuff, and uh, but the fact that he took his helmet off and yeah. like I've not seen any of them yet because I'm downloading. I'm wait. I'm I'm sort of yeah. I've got them all from from Josh, and I'm going to watch them all at the same time. Um, but yeah, I, I've been seeing some of the the nerd rage about it currently, so I'll uh, I'll wait and see. Yeah, I mean, there are certain things you can do to a character in order to, to, to the nature nature of the adaptation. For example, you're going from a video game, which is a first per, like specifically a first person shooter, where you never see in the game what John Spartan looks like. Yeah. So therefore, when then becomes from being a first person shooter to a a, um, a film where the scenes, sets, interaction, you can't have a silent protagonist. Can you, you can't, not? Can you not? Because you, you know, with uh, Judge Dredd, the Carl Urban Judge Dredd, he, yep. never, he never took off his helmet. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yes, but that's different. That's just very different, though. You, I mean, could, you could still have him talking. He just didn't exactly, need to take his did. helmet. You didn't, uh, but you yeah. didn't have to take off his helmet and stuff. And it's just sort of like, you, 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 he didn't need to be silent because he's not silent. You know, he, he, is, yeah. he, he, he talks in, in the games. It's just sort of, um, he, he, you know, when he take off his helmet, you don't know what he yeah. looks like because he's you you're yeah. you're you're him in the game and stuff um so they could have done that um um him taking off his helmet is that giving him a personality is a, a game changer is it sort of something that's going to annoy me probably not to be honest it's not you yeah. know um, again so that, 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 like in that regard i could excuse it i mean okay. for something like judge dread i mean it is iconic but he always has his helmet on but he still interacts with a lot of people. Yeah. And I think it's the nature of the going from a first-man shooter where oh, where you're very much railroad in terms of plot. You don't, you don't have any really kind of dialogue options. It's always pre-scripted. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can take more liberties with Halo than I can with Judge So Jackson. do you think, right, so when it comes to... Uh, like there was changes in Lord of the Rings, so you 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 yes. you've, you've read Lord of the Rings probably. Have you yeah. read Lord of the Rings? Yes. Oh yes, I have. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think of the changes to to the films to the characters in the films? To be honest, I could I could that was fine with me. Lord of the Rings was fine with me. The 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 uh, but there's a caveat to this. Yeah. The um the Hobbit trilogy of films did not work for me no i i because they just took too many deviations from the plot the hobbit i know we seem to be piling through different we're going through different films bit by bit here but it's like um the hobbit for me was bittersweet um you know i love i love the lord of the rings films um i uh, i'm currently making the death of boromir diorama um uh at the minute uh sort of I, I love i love lord of the rings you can see my lord of the rings figures everywhere I, I, you know it's a massive thing the books uh the series um i've read everything uh including the Silmarillion numerous times uh and you know i i love it when the hobbit came out and they said it was a trilogy i was slightly concerned because it's quite a short book um i was also slightly concerned because it's a bit more geared towards children than maybe sort of yeah. Lord of the Rings is. Well, it is a children's book, to yeah. be fair. And, and, and so I was just like, how are they going to 
get around this. Um, they got around it by well, by changing things slightly and then adding a lot more. Now, yeah, because it's a short book, I I kind of didn't mind some of the um some of the uh what's the word um exposition some of the stuff that they no what happened to Gandalf the fact that there was um you know uh, Sauron. Uh, the the basically because in the book they talk about the uh necromancer who yep. is is Sauron basically and yeah. you know Gandalf going off and all that stuff I kind of like that because it gives you something that you didn't get in the book but you kind of knew was kind of going on in the background um but a lot of the other stuff where they sort of kind of fleshed it out and it it, it just didn't they, yeah. they didn't need to do it in three films um the battle of five armies was a bit of a disappointment uh and you know i i didn't sort of think it did it justice um the the men of deal just seemed completely ineffective and stuff it was just like yeah, there weren't really an army they were just yeah. like this rabble and it was just like it didn't sort of make sense to me um and you didn't really have because it's like the the five armies were elves dwarves men goblins and wargs and that there wasn't really a warg army you know and it's just sort of like you know where where were the wargs and it, you know it's just sort of yeah so it, it, it you know they, they took a lot of liberties with that the one thing yeah. that that annoyed me the most in the hobbit films was the fact that one well orcs running around in the daytime which was just yeah. like what the fuck's going on you know it's it sort of the uruks were sort of like you know they're a hybrid but that that was before this and stuff orcs themselves shouldn't be running around in the in the daytime um but also the fact that there was just too much reliance on cgi and i appreciate in the old ones there was cgi but they 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 had a lot of they had a reliance on practical yeah practical, practical effects, effects which were enhanced yeah. by cgi and this one was just pure cgi yes. and it was just like that was irksome because yeah. it's like you know i appreciate so you watch back some of the old lord of the rings films and it's not like they're dated but they're you know you, you could tell they're I, sort of i would disagree though i mean i've watched them um earlier this year all all three in a row well not literally all three all in a row but like the other period of a um, few days my wife and i watched the expanded edition of the lord, the lord of the rings trilogy yeah and i really okay this is even better the second time around i'm watching them because i'm like yeah these are really good films and the ending the fact that i could like know well, I've been sitting there for three hours now to watch all six different endings. The endings now worked for me yeah. because I, it wasn't bursting for the toilet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it worked for me, and it was just a, a good trilogy of films that told a fantastic story and you know adapted it to the from the page to the uh, to the cinema screen or home screen, I should say, as well as can be expected. Because in the nature of any adaptation from one medium to another, the are going to be changes because the, the nature of each medium is different like i'm not too precious like a lot of people asking why you need the tom bombadil thing the barrow you know the bit with the barrow whites and, and yeah. stuff at the start they, it's like they were they weren't necessary for the story to sort of kind of move forward him being in it was a bit of a, a, bit of a non-event anyway he's basically you know, people think he's effectively a Levitar, you know, he's effectively God, you know, or, you know, it could be inference that he is, you know, that, and he just doesn't have any, the ring is not, not important to him and stuff. Yeah. Um, and to have him in it would just be, you know, like 
a, a bit of a it would be like the casino scene in uh in star wars yeah, <laughs> yeah. unnecessary yeah it, it would be unnecessary and stuff so it's just like it was something that tr- drove the you know drove it forward and there were little bits and pieces where you know they, they changed things slightly and um you know like aragorn and and gimli going off during helm's deep and stuff and there was certain things that you're just like yeah but from my memory of the books and of the series, I was just like, yeah, that did a lot. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. And it was something that really sort of kind of, I went, oh, yeah, I can see what the, why they've done that and why they've they've done this, especially in the, the extended editions where you get a little bit more. Yeah, there's uh, more meat to it. There's more yeah, meat to it. There is a bit more meat to it. But yeah, the Hobbit films, again, I didn't hate. And I love the dwarf. Uh, I think it's, it's just weird because when you've got this benchmark of Lord of the Rings, the, the films, and then you've got The Hobbit where the, the the tone's a lot different because it is a child's kid's book, but they've tried yeah. to sort of make it a bit... So there's singing, lots of sort of silly singing, which is in the books. Yes. but um In the book, sorry. Um, but they've put it in, and then obviously the, the, the trolls, which are like... in the the Lord of the Rings they just grunt and moan and they don't talk and now they're like basically you know either Cockneys or Australian whatever they're trying to be and stuff and uh, it's just sort of Odd. I, I I love that little this little kind of glimpse and you missed it of the of these trolls turned to stone in the extended edition of Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like those random things and like oh. And it didn't need to be there, but it kind of added elements. Like the, it felt there's more going on in this world than just what you've seen in the film. Yeah. Um, also, just... one thing to note as well is, I mean, the kind of the the directors of the film did kind of correct, correct the imbalance of the fact that their characters in the film that you know because the nature of this this was originally a children's book. There's kind of like you no, know, that are literally acts create you know acts crazy you know. Berserkers, Dwarlin, for example, uh, and the kind of like, you know, he went from being a bumbling idiot to being in a kind of an like, you know, psychotic. Like, how do you kind of balance that two out? And in the process, I think they did explain it. Um, but it did not need to be told over three films. I mean, I sp- I've spoken to Graham Tavish about this many years ago at Sci Fi Weekender. And there's loads of little, again, they kind of brought the production v- approach. Uh, the Lord of the Rings to the Hobbit. I mean, you'd never see this in the film, but the uh, axes were engraved with Biter and Gripper. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Dwan's axes, and because like the he'd read lost um, um, oh, this this poet Emily Dickinson. Okay, and like so there's kind of little natures of it, but it just felt this is a story that was just expanded unnecessarily for the purposes of making money. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, two films maybe. And I think, you know... We've got I, this, I would say make it just... A or a long film. film, just a long single I film. Think, could, yeah, a longer yeah. single film could have worked. A two-hour a two, a two film, you could, you could... I mean, I am not a, not a filmmaker, producer, director. But I've seen films, you know, dozens of adapt- book adaptations, you could do this quite easily, given the fact it is a children's book. Yeah, yeah. I... I, I'd say, like, t- I think even two hours is, you know, I think they could have, they could have done it in one, one film, but you know, 
with a little bit of exposition um, and and maybe sort of had a, a longer film. Like you've got one films these days for like three hours and stuff longer, yeah. you know, or maybe just sort of had an extended edition. I, I wouldn't have mind, you know, I wouldn't have minded a set, you know, into a second film. And I appreciate, you know, it's just like, oh, everybody has to do things in trilogies and stuff. But yeah, do you have to? It's yeah, just, and I think they just sort of expanded it way too much. Uh, and and it did sort of as 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 Bilbo says, I feel like butter spread over too much, no, too much. Yeah. yeah sort of, yeah. Butter over too but much too, bread. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was just too sort of expanded. And I just hope they, and I think Mr. Wilson said on the comments there on Facebook, um, TV series, I hope the TV series lives up to Lord of the Rings. I do as well. Like I'm going to be very upset yeah. if they've spent yes. all this money and they just well, overdo it. With as the, I understand it, this is going to be a completely original story set during the Second Age. Yes, so it's and, going to be... And all, all going to be about, like, Sauron's rise to power. Yeah, well, so it's going to basically be, obviously, after Melkor, um, so Silmarillion stuff, so it's going to be... It'll be Melkor being banished, the rise of Sauron, who was one of his lieutenants. Yeah. Um, so... It, it, it could be interesting it's going to have the Cimmerils in it and stuff and, yeah uh, it's going to have like the, the rings of power well obviously it's going to have the rings of power in it but it could just like just see the king the human kings that became the Nazgul yeah so I'm just trying to think second age that's going to be it's going to have the it's basically going to have the fallen Numenor then I yeah. think yeah so you're going to have the basically the fallen Numenor and then potentially the black Numenorians um, which is good the thing is like the Cimmerillian for anybody who's not read it, um, is dark. It's like it's very dark. It's dense. Um, you have to read it a couple of times to get through all the different things because he's got ways. So it starts off, you know, it's it's basically the Bible for Lord of the yeah. Rings, and you've basically got Luvatar, who Eru Luvatar, who's God, effectively, and then you know it starts off with the Anari or like his sort of um, sort of demigods, and it's got all these different sort of ways they sort of so it's the way in the in the the sort of there's names in in elvish and then there's what they're called in dwarvish and then there's what they're called in, in human and uh, sort of in the tongue of men and there's all these different way they, they name things and stuff yeah. and um it, it's very sort of um hard to grasp at all and stuff but it's also like really dark and you can tell he wrote a lot of it sort of during his time in the trenches in World War One because it's dark and yeah. stuff. And there's some really sort of like, like there's there's incest and, and there's it's it's very Game of Thrones in certain ways and stuff yeah. like this. Like uh, it's sort of, you know, um, I can't even remember. It's been so long since I've read it now. But there's always like the one story, and I've I think I've mentioned it before and stuff, but. Uh, it it's basically it's one of the son uh the children of Huron, um, um, oh, fuck what what's their names? Oh god, the complete Thur Thurimbar Thurimbor. That, uh, <laughs> it's going to this one, right? Um, Thurimbor. Ah, god, somebody's gonna have to. I'm gonna have to sort of. Somebody's yeah. Well, anyway, right. So, sister and brother. Uh, names who have completely just gone out of my head as as is always the case but um children of huron um and there's a big dragon in it called galrong and galrong uh is basically just you know he, he go around k 
killing things and sort of yeah. basically doing what dragons do. Um, um, something happens where when he's he's he can make you sort of go mad by staring at you and stuff, and so he attacks. Um, and um, the sister again, his name oh, because it's like an A, I think, and it's, it's in my head, it's just gonna pop up. Some I'll be tonight, I'll be like, Oh, it's that, and I can't remember. Um, but anyway, so she sort of kind of goes off into the forest, um, having been sort of like hypnotized by uh, by by Galrong and um, Glyrong. Um, I think Glyrong, um, is it Glyrong? Fuck, I would, yeah, anyway, I have apologies for my, my pronunciation of names and things like that, but if you've seen if you've read somebody and you understand, um. And the Thurmbor, Thurmbar, uh, term fucking begins with a T, whatever his name is, he sort of uh, goes off and joins a, um, that happens to him, so he, he loses his mind as well. The the, the father, uh, Urin, basically is currently sort of kind of chained to a, 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 a um, like a cliff face in, um, um, Oh God! Why is it with me and names today? Oh my <laughs> God! I meant to be a Lord of the Rings fan. Anyway, names are completely gone. But anyway, he's off. They go off. Uh, he becomes a bandit. Um, she disappears. Oh yeah. Um, and then what happens is he, they, they both meet again, and they both, um, they don't know each other because they're obviously under the spell from the uh from Glyrong the dragon and they fall in love and they um she gets pregnant and then what happens is he goes to fight um the dragon and he <laughs> he basically he, he, he sort of pierces its its heart and he he, he basically just before it dies uh he gets frozen in in place and it turns around to her at the end and basically goes, hey, hey, guess what? That's your brother. And that's an incest baby. And then dies. And then she realizes and then fucking kills herself. And then he sort of kind of comes out and then and sort of realizes as well and stuff. It's super dark, like really dark. It's really good. Like the whole sort of yeah. is, but you can tell. So it's, it's like, the Hobbit is uh, for children. Lord of the Rings is sort of kind of half and half. Yeah. Simmerillion is very, very adult. Dark. It's yeah. very dark. There's a lot of dark stuff that happens in it. You know, a lot of people killed. A lot of people killed in very horrible ways. You know, just sort of the whole thing is very bleak. Um, but I'm kind of hoping that in the new series, they do not they they kind of because they've got a lot of money going in they, they do yeah. make it quite dark because it should be it should be quite dark um i'm still annoyed i can't remember the name of the, the bloody yeah i mean i saw the teaser tra- the the teaser of the teaser of the trailer which showed like you know, the just the, the reveal of the titles and that in itself was you know fantastic you know, the level of uh effects and detail in there and like the reveal of like the uh, rings of power title and yeah, that was look good. So if they kind of put that level of detail into the rest of the series, then fine with me. Keep it up. Yeah, I was close. So it, it is Glyrong. So the dragon's right. Turin Thurumber is the name of the sun. So I was I was close there as well. And Neonor uh, or and Neonel is is the is the, is the daughter. 
um, sister. It, you know, if you get sort of time and you just want to read, just read a Wikipedia, like Glaurong, uh, the dragon, and, you know, the children of Huron. It's fucking messed up. <laughs> it's so messed up. Oh, she, you, you mentioned about the films I've walked out from. Yeah. One more, I'm getting the whole meat of this podcast, which is uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Badness. One film I had to start watching was Philomena, starring Steve Coogan and the very lovely, uh, she played um, Lucy uh, Dench. Oh, Jim, Jim, oh yeah. Jim Judy Dench, yes, yeah. Jim Judy Dench. And I had to walk out on that because I was becoming too angry. Have you, ever, have you watched Philomena? No, I've not seen it. Okay, it's um, semi-autobiographical dramatization of true events, basically about the nunneries in Ireland where um, mothers gave birth to unwanted babies and had them buried. And like then they were killed there. Right, okay. And uh, they weren't raised, they were just killed. And basically, it's all like the Steve Coogan's playing this uh, journalist who goes to meet uh, Philomene and kind of learned about the story, about what happened and what happened to her daughter. And it was absolutely harrowing. It was like, uh, um, like it was basically pre- like, you know, presented initially as like sort of a kind of a comedy drama. And it, for me, it wasn't. And I, I was like, so I said, no, this is wrong. This is ha- this happened and this is wrong. And why aren't we doing more about this? And I just came out of this absolutely insane. I mean, my wife's going, well, no, you've watched loads of stuff like, no, about, like, like 24 and like no, spooks where people are tortured. Like, yeah. But, you know, this, this is wrong. Yeah. And I just had to stop watching it because I was like, we watched stuff before we got to bed. And I was like, I can't sleep. I'm just too angry and furious at what is happening. Well, I, is did you walk? Was it because it's a bad film, or is just because the content of it was just so? It wasn't the content was bad. It was because it was so well done. It made me so angry and sense that ah, I just couldn't right. so watch it. So it was a good film. So you didn't walk out of it because it was a bad film. You walked out yeah. of it because of the content was just so harrowing. That harrowing and genuine. I, I I've I, I've it was like when I'm watching like Making a Murderer uh, yeah. and um, the the West of Memphis, which is another one, which is basically um, about the West Memphis. West uh, Memphis four. West Memphis three. Oh, West sorry. Memphis, is there four of them or three of them? Four of them. Three of them. West Memphis. West Memphis three. Is it West Memphis three? Uh, Featuring Damon Eccles and yeah. And it, it, there's basically you know those things, and you you sort of kind of see you know the american justice system yeah. like ours isn't perfect but you, you see stuff that's going on and you're like blatantly just going come on man that's blat that's so much bullshit and then yeah. it, it makes you angry to the point where you're just like, i can't watch this anymore it's just making yeah. it, it's just infuriating me um but yeah uh, yeah i i i think as films go harrowing wise the road uh, the, yeah. the film oh, adaptation of Road, yeah, beautiful film, but I'll never watch that film ever again because it was just so bleak and yeah. and dark that I was just like, I, I, I came out of it feeling slightly ill yeah. <laughs> and just sort of well, like, I think we were for a dream. I watched that twenty years ago, and I never ever want to watch it again. It's a fantastic film, but so harrowing and bleak and remorseless, but. Yes, that was fantastic, and I 
don't want to see it ever again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, all right, so um, we've both seen Doctor Strange now. We, we have indeed. Um, so if anybody's listening to this and has not seen Doctor Strange, then I would suggest you stop listening and come back. And go and see the film. And go and see the yeah. film and then come back and then you go can have a listen to it now. You've had a good sort of nearly an hour of us yabbering on about every film in the world <laughs> currently. And uh, so this is going to be about Doctor Strange. Again, if you've not seen it, please, 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 please. Go and listening. see it. Go you and will see enjoy it. it. There's a lot to enjoy. Uh, and come back and, and then you can sort of and then listen, listen, and and listen to the podcast. And give us a review. Yeah, uh, make sure you do subscribe and, and follow and, and download and stuff because we're currently, numbers-wise, we're doing, you know, for us, it's doing quite well and we're going up and up and up every month and stuff, so it's good. And we just, you know, we need that constant flow to go, so it would be uh, good if everybody could carry on doing that. But, um, uh, yeah, so uh, spoiler spoiler alerts uh, very much coming ahead. Um, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, please we're don't shout at us. into spoilers, so yeah. it's your fault. We've given you enough warning. <laughs> very much so. Um, okay, so um, I liked it. I didn't love it. Okay, I enjoy. I mean, it was not a perfect film by any stretch. It's not like, and it's not my favourite MCU film. And I will caveat this by saying Doctor Strange is not my favourite character. But it's still, I did enjoy this film a lot. I, um, I, I came out of it just kind of going, yeah, that was all right. Uh, and generally, when you sort of like, when I, I remember like Avengers came out, yeah. and, I, and I was like, oh, yes, this is awesome, yeah, it's cool, so good. And there were some really, some really good bits, some of the cameos and things like that were really good. The whole good. Illuminati scene, it was just yeah, fantastically yeah. well done. Yeah, and the, the Illuminati scene. So you you have um you know um yeah Black Bolt Black Bolt Reed Richards is it yeah. Reed Richards Reed Richards yeah Reed Richards um Professor X yeah you know and I love that little kind of like the X Men theme from the nineteen nineties just coming un- underscoring yeah. the music yeah. again I mean music is so well done in this film it's uh, the you know, the sound score and the way they did the musical direction was just fantastic. Yeah, and then you had uh, obviously a uh, Captain Carter, uh, and then yeah. you had the um, I'm not sure what number they gave designation they gave uh, that multiverse, but obviously you had yeah. Captain Marvel um, played played by Monica Rambeau. Yeah, Monica Rambeau. Yeah, that's which it. is just nicely done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I liked you know because the things what I liked about it. Now, I, as much as I didn't come out of it buzzing. What I what I enjoyed about it was the fact that they made um Scarlet Witch the bad guy the yeah. the protagonist uh, uh not protagonist the the, the bad antagonist guy. antagonist yes or the antagonist and I just thought that was really well done because you didn't ha- you had no idea that was coming and that you know when you first realize yeah. when he goes to see her at the farm and then everything changes and stuff and it goes sort of like all red and stuff because obviously she's been using the dark hold and stuff it's like oh my god she's gonna be the bad guy and then you you think oh no but she's gonna she's gonna wise up and it's gonna be all right and it's like no she literally is throughout the whole thing um just you know crazed mama who basically wants to see her kids and There is the my one problem. With this though is, if, if watch one division, you see that is all about 
Wanda coming to terms with her grief. Yes. And then, so, well, okay, she, she, but then it kind of comes back to the fact like, oh, we're now exploring grief again and how she had everything taken from her. But not once is Vision mentioned. Yeah, it doesn't sort of, yeah. And if it, I mean, it almost underscores the the, the resolution at the end of One Division. My only kind of way I have of kind of um, kind of and kind of make joining the dots in my mind is that basically One Division is all about uh, Wonder's love of Vision and how uh, he was taken from her. Fair enough. And then, you know, this is the family she could have had, but then she kind of put them to... And what was a really deeply affecting scene for me in One Division was where she puts them to bed and then erases them. And was like, literally, you're putting your children to bed to die. Yeah. And that really, really affected me. I'm a dad with three kids, and yeah, yeah that was just really... was a gut wrench for me. Mm-hmm. And then, but then she kind of realised that, yes, she kind of... There's a resolution there. The only kind of, then kind of... But it was like the dark hole that you, that you saw reading at the end of one division kind of started infecting her or so to speak or corrupting her and started kind of saying well you know why don't you got to the other children and that's kind of where it goes but it did still the wonder's presence in dr strange did underscore that kind of sort of emotional resolution at the end of one yeah. division yeah but she played like you know you could it had a lot of that horror aspect you know oh, yeah yeah it was well, the reason sam raimi is a horror director yeah and he like there's dozens of little horror references like the hand coming up um when he can't, when Doc Strange, you know, inhabits his own corpse from another. Oh, yeah, it's very. There's a very army of darkness stuff going exactly. on. Exactly, very army of darkness. Very uh, not living dead. Uh, when Wanda comes through a mirror, that kind of echoes all uh, Ringu and Sadako. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, even like you know when, you know, Wanda's following them through the tunnels, and they're to close one behind it, and then you kind of. The kind of, there's the zoom cuts on the door as kind of the door's being pushed open. Yeah. That was very uh, Evil Dead, which Sam Raimi also directed. Yeah. And I mean, I would not describe this as a horror film, but I would describe it as a film with horror elements in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it 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 was. It's it's quite dark. Um, and she, you know, the, her sort of relentless sort of, um. Pursue, uh, pursuits, pursuit, pursuit, yeah. yeah, pursuit of them through the multiverse. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed that. And, um, um, what's her name? America, um, Becca Chavez, yes, yeah, Chavez, uh, you know, who can obviously, uh, manipulate the multiverse and stuff. Um, was an interesting character. She uh, did not have much to do, though, other than. At the final ten minutes, did you really come into a row? But generally, she just became a sort of a plot device for, yeah. the, um, for moving the plot, which felt a distinct disservice for both the actress and the character. Yeah. That said, she did brilliantly what was given, but really, I would like to have seen more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like the... Because obviously, the, it's got a cameo of Bruce Campbell in it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the Campbell. Now, I, I very nearly gave my review a one star. Because not one point did Bruce Campbell say groovy. Yeah, <laughs> and if, if I come with a lot to expect from Bruce Campbell, that is groovy. Even in um, Burn Notice, 
TV series which you've ever watched that. If not, please stop this podcast, go and watch all six seasons and then come back. It's a fantastic season. But yeah, even there, they kind of do kind of the occasional uh, Evil Dead reference. Yeah, uh, it's, there's bits in it like when he's fighting himself is very akin to the bit where he's fighting himself. Exactly. In in uh, in, in uh, again another horror reference because yeah, yeah. in Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, yeah, Evil Dead Two is doing that. Yeah, and he, he does it sort of like when he's fighting the sort of the young versions of the, the small versions of him in Army of Darkness yeah. and stuff, and so it, it is very much sort of like that. So. Uh, it's just the bit at the end the sort of because there's two there's two post-credit scenes there's one that sort of ties in with the next sort of yeah, did you recognize the character that um appeared no that, I didn't. that was clear who, who's from the comics and um she's basically is one of the future people that become a sorcerer supreme in the future uh, and uh, yeah so it's kind of setting up very much i think the future obviously it's got set up stock change free but yeah, it's it's just where it's gonna go. I kind of like the fact that they um they add a lot more Wong in this one and stuff as well. Yes, Wong kind of his role very much upgraded from being com- comedy sidekick yeah. to actually be the Sorcerer Supreme for you know that that universe. Because yeah. I mean, like uh, Doctor Strange was snapped for five years, so. Wong became the Sorcerer Supreme and he hadn't given up, which he shouldn't. And he really played Benedict Wong, who played Wong, played that brilliantly. He played someone who was the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. someone who took this role responsibly, other than, say, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I Again, it wasn't one I went out of just going, you know, oh my God, it was so good. It was so good. Like, you know, most of the ones I see are just like brilliant. And I enjoyed it. Uh, I like the concept I, of it. I like. I, I love the fact that she was basically the, the antagonist. And yeah, I mean, I find it telling that Elizabeth Olsen that this was she had a much stronger arc, that character arc as uh, Wanda throughout the film than the title character of Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange's basically character arc was stop pining over Chris, Christine Palmer. Yeah, which, which which almost does a disservice to to uh, Christine Palmer and her the actress that plays her. Yeah. To be fair, uh, whilst um, Wanda had to kind of go from being like the hunting hunting uh, America Chavez to, to claim her children first to get to her children to re- realizing no, I've been corrupted by the Darkhold, and that felt in like no accepting no. Who she is and what she is. What did you What did you think of? So the way they ended it, um, the way they basically got around her um, was by showing her as the bad person in front of her kids, and I don't know if that I liked that or not. I'm not sure if that sort of it felt like like a bit of a cop out. It was no, just like I, it was just like all of after all of this, all we needed to do is show your kids that you were being a bit of a shit, and they would get upset, and then you'd be like, "Oh no, what have well, I done?" You know, I think if you kind of show your children, like you know, like you, you know, how you look, how how your children see you, is a massive influence on any parent. As far as I see, it, I mean, like the if my pet, if my kids said, "Oh, but you're," you know. Your daddy, you're being nasty. Then, oh, oh, shit, that would really kind of upset me. 
because mm. I try to be the best person they can be to, as a, you know, I'm a kid. And for them to turn around and say no, then that would really kind of upset me and make me stop and think. So I think wonder being conf- wonder being confronted by seeing the unalloyed uh, truth of her actions and what the, and how her children see her. That would shock her, I think. It would shock any parent. Hell, it would shock me. Yeah, true, true. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, and also to be fair, I mean, also there was the other wonder there as well. And you kind of see and see the two contrasts between the two and how the children were choosing their mother over wonder. The, the you know, Elizabeth Olsen's wonder. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, the the resolution it couldn't could argue why didn't do that sooner, but then it felt right for that moment in the film. I liked that because she is meant to be one of, if not the most powerful Marvel. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I like the fact that they struggled to deal, and it's the fact that she, you know, she, you know, again, if you, if you're listening, if you just dropped into this and you're like, you're listening, spoilers, but. She kills all of the Illuminati and stuff, um, and even uh, even Captain Marvel. Uh, so I love that. I love that battle, with Captain Marvel. I mean, it was telling in itself that you know, Captain Cap, uh, that also just Captain Carter was the last one standing as well. Yeah, I mean, and I just love that line. I can do this all day, which echoes uh, Steve Rogers' uh, line. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, in Captain Marvel, like a very powerful energy projection, but. Uh, Wanda Maximoff, she can control reality at her will. Yeah. And yeah, it was just a p- really satisfying showdown. One showdown I really enjoyed was when um, Professor Xavier went into the mind, and the mind, mind yeah. of the, and that was really done nicely, that kind of completely weight sterile um, mindscape with this kind of this shattered building in the center the shuttered room and little tv sort of echoing wonder vision there and that the so you had that red mr peen that was a really nicely done mindscape i thought yeah he um he's patrick stewart said he's open to playing charles xavier uh more and stuff apparently so yes that would be, i would be done i mean i my i would not be surprised if out of this dr strange started becoming inspired to create his own Create, create his universe's own version of the Illuminati. Yeah, that's true. Actually, uh, I could um, I could see that happening. It's got um John uh, Krasinski who plays uh, Reed Richards and stuff. Yeah. So it'd be interesting if because Fantastic Four has been, you know, uh, the last films. The last one was a was a crap, crap, and you know even the ones before crap. that were pretty crap it has always been you know, the, for whatever reason directors producers and studios have never really captured the magic of the fantastic Four comics yeah and I, i'd just be interested because see how they yeah. you know would they bring him in as sort of as reed richards in a, in a fantastic four uh and, and maybe finally doing a, uh, a film that isn't naff basically so <laughs> yeah that is the key part i mean I think for what we saw of Reed Richards, uh, John Krasinski, he think he did that part brilliantly, nicely done. Absolutely no problems there. If you want to play Reed Richards, thumbs up from me. Again, Black Bolt. I thought Black Bolt was done neatly. I mean, the 
in humans oh. TV series just terrible, but Black Bolt was actually okay. I his death was hilarious. So, so, so I'm sorry, I laughed. I laughed at that as well. <laughs> it's just like he's just like with, he can just he can kill you with with a with a with a whisper, and then he says with what mouth? And then he's got no mouth, and then his head yeah. explodes, and it's just like fucking. Awful. But again, that was a, a massive reference to the Matrix. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, um, but yeah, and again, just what I'm uh, to read, Richard as well. We just completely kind of unravelled. Was just horrific in itself, to be fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's not bad. Like I enjoyed it. It's a good Marvel film. It's not my favorite. It's not sort of up there. Um, but I, I did, I did enjoy it. Um, it's, it's not. Um, it's not bad. <laughs> I, enjoy, I think I enjoyed it more than you, but I mean, it has its flaws. But I think what is good about it more than compensate for its flaws. Yeah. Um, me and my friend are going to go and see Maverick. <laughs> Talking about oh. flaws, we're going to go and see Maverick. Um, uh, I think it's, it's it's tomorrow or next week. Yeah. We'll see, but yeah, we're, we're, I think it's, it might be next week. But um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to it just for some old school sort of 80s cheese and references to sort of you know whatever and stuff yeah like, sort of yeah uh, honestly maverick is one film i have zero interest in i don't know why i, I you know it's i watched uh top gun the other day yeah. again <laughs> it's super cheesy and stuff but oh, yeah, I, I think i think i i have an allergy of cheese i think yeah. that, that's what does it for me but yeah I, I, you know i kind of you know i think i'll, I'll just it, it's going to be one of those films i, I don't think it's going to take itself super seriously it's just going to be a, a it's just going to be a uh a spectacle isn't it with tom well, cruise sort i think of. if they ever get a chance to see it i'll just skip past all the talking scenes just go straight into the fighter combat and just sit back and watch that. But he's it's probably be a half. He actually flies the jets and stuff because you know you know what he's like you yeah. know he just you know he does everything and he does his stunts himself and stuff. But I think you know he actually flies and you can tell that it's not like in the old films where like he's when they're in the tomcats and stuff where they're literally you know it's just you, you can tell it's not real. You you can see like it's, and he's putting his hand up on the um on the cockpit and stuff because yeah. obviously he's sort of holding himself there and he's sort of kind of looking around and stuff so yeah. you can tell he's sort of actually piloting that uh that that plane uh i think they're in hornets is it hornets it. so it's so oh, it's yeah um big fighter jet that go very fast yeah um yeah so that's my that's the next film I'm going to watch. I will skip Firestarter then as um yeah um watch something else yeah. Watch Babylon Five instead. <laughs> Babylon Five. You uh, have to watch it. Yeah. Well, it's just you know, it's because it's like it's gonna be like this. So, um, like it's gonna be like uh, the Expanse and stuff. It's just like everyone's like, watch this. And I know because you're telling me to watch it. I don't want to watch it. And I told you to watch it, and you enjoyed it. I did. So I loved it. I loved yeah, exactly. It. And this yeah. is my recommendation for the Babylon Five. Am I going to love it though? Is it? Is it like so? Uh, because I didn't see it, and it's in its heyday am i going to get put off by the really naff graphics and stuff like that is it going to make me kind of go uh... there's some solid writing in it there's some solid writing there's also some naff writing as well but that's the same with all, all shows um 
Mr. Wilson says on Facebook, is the uh, remake of Babylon 5 still going ahead? Yes, it is. Um, basically, because the CW has been currently, uh, currently going through a buyout at the moment, the one of the top heads said, we are not going to um, t- and accept Babylon 5 now. We're going to run it forward to, for next year's consideration so we're not having to deal with the fallout of, of the buyout during the kind of production process of Babylon 5. So he's a massive fan. He really likes it. J. Michael Straczynski um, has submitted a script and the some notes have been back. This is one of the best scripts we've ever seen. So the signs are good. It's looking like going in production next year for fall 2023 um, release. And I cannot wait. I mean, people have said, why is, why is, are we doing a remake of Battle 5? Why is even J. Jim Axelsen himself remaking his own show, and the perfect answer is like, you know, it's thirty years on since Babylon Five was created. But Jim Axelsen has thirty years more writing experience. Okay, than, and so he's basically coming. He's like, You've got the basic premise, you know, um, John uh, Sheridan, Captain, uh, cap, former Captain, being uh, assigned to the Babylon Five, you know diplomatic station and there's the coming darkness where they go from there i suspect it will be quite different Mm, interesting i see i'm just yeah i might watch i might watch when the new series comes out and if i like it maybe go back to the thing i'm just mindful if i watch bubble it's like if you go back and you watch something that you know at the time when you're growing up it was something about but it's super naff now you're just like am i just gonna Am I just going to be judging it because of its? Where bad else girl? will you, Where else will you find a show where two men talking about whether they zip the trousers up first or do the button up? <laughs> Every time you see Babylon Five, right, it always reminds me of that episode Space. of Space. It's yeah. like Babylon Five's a big pile of shit. Get out! <laughs> to be fair, that's a genuine and fair, and fair you know, reaction, and I <laughs> completely endorse that response. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because I mean, at the time, I mean, like. At the time Babylon 5 came out, the only other major um, science fiction in space show there was was probably Star Trek. Mm. And it kind of boiled down to two camps, either Star Trek or Babylon 5. And I was pretty much Babylon 5 until Deep Space Nine came on. And there's like distinct strong suggestions that Deep Space Nine copied Babylon 5. Yeah, there, there seems a lot of similarities from what I understand. I've, obviously, uh, I've watching uh, Deep Space Nine. It's is a series. After I watched, I've watched all of Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched little bits of Voyager. I've never been a massive fan of Janeway, yeah. so it wasn't really did very much for me. But um, Deep Space Nine, I dipped in and out of. Um, but from what I have seen and what I've heard, and I started watching Deep Space Nine again recently and stuff, um, there is similarities from what I've been told. Okay. Uh, Babylon Five is is, is well, like it just basically like no, it's no. Well, Star Trek went from a spaceship to being set in a space station. Babylon Five set in a space station. Babylon Five is a diplomatic station. Um, Deep Space Nine is a diplomatic station. There's an ongoing plot arc through. Through Babylon Five, suddenly Star Trek are doing a plot arc all the way through Deep Space Nine. There is sufficient, there are distinct similarities there. It just felt 
no, you are ripping off someone's IP, and I'm not happy with that. And I mean, admittedly, the stories went off in completely different directions. Um, and I still think the Defiance is one of the greatest ships in Star Trek. And also, I think Cisco is one of my favorite uh, Star Trek captains. I mean, when he punch when he punches Q, and like there's a perfect line of, "You punched me." Picard never punched me, and then Cisco goes. <laughs> I am not Picard. <laughs> oh, this is the perfect line of like the, uh, like the. I think it, I think when Worf becomes Cisco's security officer, um, and like Worf asks like set face to the stun captain, and Cisco turns him stun is for those afraid to commit. Yeah, see, I see. I like I started watching it again because I did. I didn't watch all of it. And I, I yeah. dipped in and out. Um, I was struggling though with the first because I just watched the next generation and yeah. there's obviously overlap at the end of next generation and deep space nine yeah. and I, I started going in, and deep space nine when you first get at the first sort of you know series is a bit sort of mm, ropey yeah it is a bit ropey and i i was struggling with it um and, and i started watching the second series i was getting better but i i got distracted with other things and that sort of yeah. haven't sort of gone up but yeah, he, he is very much a different sort of beast to Picard. Um, and I, people keep on telling me, and Mr. Wilson on Facebook has just said, uh, Deep Space Nine was the best series, must have watched it five times. Yeah. Um, so I think I need to like probably commit to it and sort of... Uh, the, the problem with Deep Space Nine is that it was adhering too much to Star Trek's established um, series development that had like 22 episodes. Again, American teachers were stuck in this kind of mindset of having every season must be 22 episodes long. And when you try to stretch, you know, a story over that amount of episodes per year, again, it's like going back to that uh, line by, um, in, in The Lord of the Rings by uh, Bill Bruggins, like, no, I feel like uh, butter spread over too much toast. Yeah. And again, it's just, it dilutes the story. You need condense the seasons down to a much tighter story and it's a much more satisfying um you know viewing overall yeah 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 right okay um we are going to move on to our uh our, our sorry our news section but our our our, our guest the character section oh, okay. of, of the podcast uh we're going to try and think of two each i think so we've got enough for me to put on tiktok because a tiktok's a thing so uh we're gonna have two each i think so okay. do you want to go first or second yeah i'll go first Okay, so let okay. me get my let me get my uh, stopwatch out. Okay, have you watched Person of Interest? No. Okay, that's that's just what I do then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with MCU first then. MCU. Okay, so uh, Marvel sixty seconds go. Okay. Um, uh, male or female? Male. Uh, good or bad? Good. So good. Uh, female, did you say, sorry? No, male. Sorry, male, good, okay. Uh, in the Avengers? No. Have their own film? No. Are in one of the other films? Yes. Uh, in one of the Iron Man films? Yes. So good, um... Um, in the Iron Man films, 
Yes, they are. Are they in Shield? Yes. <laughs> Is it Coulson? <laughs> nope. Ah! Uh, 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 Mr. Wilson got it, said Colson as well. Um, so they're in Shields. Yep. Are they in other? Are they in other films? Are they? Fi- no, you said they were male. So male, yes. good. In Shields. Oh, uh, uh, last. Okay, let's my last guess. Okay. Um, okay. So, last question: Does he have an eye patch? Yes, he does. <laughs> Nick Fury. Got it. Boom. Yes. All right. Okay. I couldn't think. I was like, I had Coulson in my head. I was like, there's nobody. There's no other males in S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> it's literally just Coulson. Uh, um, okay. All right. Yes. All right. All right. Nice one. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. right. I'll go for one then. So as we've been talking about Lord of the Rings, uh, Lord of the Rings, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it to the films. Okay. Um, uh, so we're not going to be go too sort of deep into the rabbit hole that is lord of the rings so it's uh, lord of the rings lord of the rings the films go are they human no oh uh yes uh, and no ish <laughs> are they half human half elf no okay um are they in all three films no are they in um um, Finish of the Ring? Nope. Uh, Two Towers? Nope. Um, oh, Return of the King? Yes. Right, so, so human-ish, Return of the King. Are they good or bad? Are they good? They're bad. Oh, they're bad. Okay. Wormtongue? No. No. Oh, is it one of the Nazgul? It's not one of the Nazgul. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, are they the uh, undead? No, they are not the. Uh, they are not the undead. Last guess. Oh, I'm sorry. Last question, and then you can give me a guess. Okay. Are they part of the uh, pirate horde? No, they're not a corsair. Oh, sorry. No, I'm going to have to. No, You're gonna say no, no, no guess, no, no, no random. Guess I'm sorry, no, I can't. No random. Go the, on. The mouth, the Siren. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, you see, yeah, humanish, yeah, absolutely yeah. spot on. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think he's a black Numenorian actually, and stuff, uh, or he's meant to be sort of. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, okay. So the mouth of Siren, that was uh, the the guess. So there you go. All right. Uh, okay, your second one. What have you got for me? Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars. Sixty seconds. Go. Um, original trilogy. Yes. Uh, are they in all three films? Yes. Um, are they good or are they Imperial or Rebel? Rebel. Rebel. All three films of the original trilogy. Okay. Um, are they an X-wing pilot? No. Um, are they a droid? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> are they tall and so? Are they tall and gold? Nope. Are they short and go beep boop boop boop? They might be. R two D two. Indeed, it is. Ah, you're giving me easy ones, man. Easy. Oh, I thought that would trick you because they're in, because they're in every film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, f- nailing it today. Nailing Look it. Two. 
Absolutely. Nailing it. Two for two. Okay. Uh, my one for you is going to be... It's going to be... Uh, I'm going to do it on one of your... I'm going to throw you a freaking bone here, Pete. And if you don't oh, get you. this, then... I'm going to be embarrassed. <laughs> you're going to be very embarrassed. Okay. So, um, Aliens franchise. Okay. Um... Let me just check. <laughs> Let me just check. I've got this right because uh, I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, okay. I'm right. Okay. Okay, so um, Aliens franchise, 60 seconds. Go. In the films? Yes. Um, in the first one, Alien? No. In the sequel, Aliens? Yes. Okay, with the Marine Corps? Yes. Okay, with an officer? Yes. Was it uh, Lieutenant Gorman? Ah! <laughs> well, too easy. 16 seconds, man. <laughs> gotcha. Nice one. You always were an asshole, Gorman. Indeed. <laughs> Very good. I thought that, that was be... a bone. <laughs> yeah, it was a bone. I, I was kind of, because everybody, I think everybody goes for the grunts and the, yeah. um, and, you know, APOM and stuff like that. So I, I thought, you know, you wouldn't throw straight in with the officer thing, so I thought you'd go. You get bogged down with the, with like Hicks and Hudson and you know Frost and all that lot and oh, stuff. So, uh, yeah. and they are fantastic characters. I mean, but yeah, they're just lucky. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you got a record there, man. Sixteen seconds. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. That, that makes up for the the mouth of Sauron. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. 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 Uh, and with just. Um, a few more minutes to go. Uh, anything else you sort of kind of want to talk about before we vamos? Okay. Oh, still coming up. I mean, you've got UK Games Expo coming up. I mean, this is going to be the big one. Yes. Um, I mean, last year's was, you know, COVID restricted. Mm-hmm. She had, you know, there was a lot of space kind of, you know, allowed for, you know, like, you know, basically, some people had sufficient space to walk around. I get from what I've um, heard from the UK Games Expo organisers, you know, you know, there's going to be no restrictions this time, so it's going to be, you know, very much back to normal, fingers crossed. I mean, yeah. things could change, but yeah. I'm looking forward to this. It should be a good one. I mean, and also, with travel restrictions lifting as well, there's going to be much more international flavour there. I mean, for example, um, last year, they couldn't have everyone from Free League Come along, which is like you no know, base in Europe, yeah. so they can travel. So fingers crossed, this year they'll be traveling to free dogs. So it'll be, so it'll be great to meet some of the, um, um, you know, the board game roleplay community and creators from you know around the world that we didn't normally that we couldn't do last year. And both of us will be there. Uh, yes, we we'll will. Do, we'll do a podcast um, at the event. Um, we will hopefully interview some people if we can. And Matt will not. Matt will not bring a suitcase with him to fill up with his ill-gotten gains because on the Sunday he's an element trying to sell stuff and declutter his life. So um, I am I am not allowed to buy loads of stuff, just bits and pieces. I've got to buy some Infinity stuff for my friend because he says he's, he can't go, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist so hard, Pete. I will leave my credit card at home <laughs> because I am like, you know, 
Okay, they're trying in a, in a sweet shop when it comes to UK games. I suppose there's so many fantastic games there. I mean, and also, I mean, this is not just role playing. I mean, loads of role playing games there, and I love my role playing games. And yeah, there's so much good stuff there. Yeah, I know. But I, no, be good, be strong, and leave a leave a wallet at home. Yeah, always Apple Pay, as Mr. Wilson says. No, there isn't. There isn't. There's no such thing. Because I don't do iPhones. Damn you! Contactless payments! Oh, yeah. Damn oh. Like, I've yeah, got that's, that's I... been the bane of my life. Sure. No, I've got stuff that's just turned up. So I've got the um, Sniper Elite board game. So if you've ever played the game, uh, you've ever played the computer game, yeah. I've just got the board game through. Um, I've got some other Kickstarters from ages ago, which are starting to trickle through. This is the problem with buying stuff in advance. Yeah. They all start trickling through. Um yeah so um uh, speaking actually speaking of gaming uh last night i ran for my family the final um uh, adventure in the um dragon of ice ice fire peak ah right that comes yeah, in yeah. the D essentials box set i mean really like my son's um 11 say like 11 next month and my daughter's 14 and wife joins in as well so it's like i ran the game for them and they're enjoying it and but this was like the final battle against cryovane the dragon and I thought, oh, you know, she's got like hit points in three, in three figures, low three figures, still three figures, and they're like your fifth and sixth level characters. Yeah. And like they're not fully experienced in playing role playing games, not learned how to kind of like really kind of you know play, you know, take full advantage of their characters. Yeah, yeah. And then my son wanders in with his dragonborn fighter wielding the dragon slain sword and with a nat 20 and hitting it and do and does something like 60 damage <laughs> things like that man you know what stuff like that will will stay with him forever like that that moment in his life where he he got a crit 20 uh, and nearly killed one shot at a dragon will stay with them oh yeah and it's like and like and then my wife is then going right i'm gonna fire a uh an arrow into its throat Okay, well, okay, well, just drop the. Di- I'll raise the difficulty a bit so, like, don't make it a bit harder for you. Oh, you hissed as well. <laughs> and then, my, then my daughter goes, "All right, I. This is a nice dragon. Yes, it is. I'm going to use flaming sphere." <laughs> right, right. Well, okay. Assume this is an ice dragon, and you're fighting. I'm going to say you do maximum damage. Suddenly, cry of being dragon isn't looking too hot, and isn't looking a bit more easy than I anticipated. See, that's the problem with uh, being a DM, man. It, it, it's yeah. sort of like my my worry when I sort of uh, do it with you guys um, is that, and by the way, if anybody's listening to this, we do D&D streams most Thursdays, nearly every Thursday. We've been doing it for the last year, um, more than a year, I think, probably now, now. You've come up for two years now. Yeah, oh, really, on two years now, yeah, nearly two years now. Um, on So we stream on Twitch, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook every Thursday night, well, every most Thursday nights, um, and we're like... You know, it's it's very interesting. You should you should definitely give it a watch, uh, even if you just check out on YouTube afterwards. I mean, also, just to, just to read it, this is not you know a nicely kind of you know edited, curated D and D stream of like you know, of like the ideal. No, we are a bunch of friends sitting around together playing D and D, giving a true reflection of what role playing is like, which is basically telling a story between ourselves and having fun. Yeah, and and it is, and it's sort of the, there. There's two very. Uh, I say you know, the problem with being a DM, I'll get onto afterwards, but it's like the there's two 
really sort of juxtaposed uh, um juxtaposed um contrasting you call it, yeah, or contrasting sort of kind of ways uh, uh, things happen. You've got the really overly comical, like last the last episode we did were, um, well, you know, generally anything that Draken's involved in, where you know he's sort of doing something insane and and, and generally doesn't sort of, sometimes it pays off and sometimes it really doesn't pay off. But it's like last episode, um, we had sort of um, our our wizard Thomas, uh, played by Dave, uh, who thought he would. So there's this like um, inch weapon in the ground and he's just like well if i shrink it then we should be able to dig it out easy so he shrinks it and all the the, the ground falls in with it to make this sort of trench where it was so he's like digging it out with his hands but he rolls a nat one uh when he's digging out so he falls into the trench and then because he's lost concentration the 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 <laughs> The, the weapon grows again and lands on top of him so he starts taking like shit loads of damage and it was only the fact that i rolled low on the on 2d20 uh, that he didn't die and then val who's the paladin comes up and says all right i'll help you out and then rolls another nat one trying to help him so crushes him more by sort of dropping it on top of him so, so he does some more damage he's got this guy just like going and it's stuff like that it's hilarious and it's ridiculous and it's so insane but it's so much fun and it, it, it's lovely but then the other side of it is is you get some very very poignant moments you get some very very sort of heartwarming or you know sad moments and stuff like i love that that one where my brother killed gylas you know that moment where he, he, he literally sort of thanks him for saving his brother's life but then kills him for killing his father you know, that moment was just, like, amazing. You know, things like that, you know, or when, when is, you know, stuff. There, there's, you've got these two really sort of kind of contrasting ways things happen. Super happy and silly and super poignant and sad. And, you know, they work so well, especially for sort of getting, you know, you know, your your inner demons out and stuff. Yeah. I think it's very good for the mental health, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I you know, my, my nature in my career is I'm a freelance journalist. I do a lot of writing, a lot of research, a lot of everything has to be checked, double checked, fact checked, referenced, and everything. So to play someone that doesn't give a damn about consequences, that just goes forth and just kicks the door and hits it with an axe, it's just liberating. See, that's is what I like about the character. See, and this each character has their their own sort of thing. Like I think mark's character lance is very much the voice of reason and he does things sort of as they should be done and things he doesn't do anything too risky and stuff it's just like he is he's not he's a war force and he does yeah. things methodically and very tactical yeah and it's very sort of and so he has his own thing then you've got you who literally has his way of doing things and you've got your own sort of code of honor yeah but you you are a very much hit first, ask questions later sort of thing. Well, and I mean, the reason why I did give Draken that code of honor because he could very easily, Draken could easily just be a murder womble. Yeah. But I wanted kind of, no, he will not hit defenseless people. He will not hurt defenseless people because that is, otherwise it just kind of, yeah, I like because, that, and I, that's that was, that, and see, that's what when you have these different things. So even like you know, Danny, who's basically meant to be good, but is pretty much a murder hobo. <laughs> so you got all these things, and like, and then there's Val's character, you know. So he's sort of very, I think he's sort of kind of trying to find his place in the sort of uh, and where he is and stuff, and you know, with the backstory and stuff. And I think with all these things, they've all got sort of um, 
it, it progresses the story quite well yeah. and stuff. And it's like, you know, it just helps and stuff. And it's sort of like, you know, it means I can sort of go off and, you know, start going down a, a, a story arc and stuff. So I'm trying to focus on my brother's characters or the minute there's a bit of arc I want to go with there. Then I can move on to Draken's father. And and there's lots of things, you know, obviously I'm trying to give everybody a little bit of a, a thing yeah. that can sort of kind of, can and can move on and stuff. But it's like, and this gets us back to what the, the initial thing yeah. is. The, <laughs> the hardest thing about being a DM is knowing how difficult to make yeah. things now you don't want to be like you get dms i think who make things too hard and they're happy to let their characters characters die i don't want no. people to die on that i want people to enjoy it i want there to be a risk i want there to be enough risk there that you're not going to do stupid stuff all the time that i'm having to sort of bail you out of but conversely i don't want to make things so hard that you know, you're just getting wiped out and it's just not enjoyable. Yeah. So it's a very, ha- yeah, yeah. So it's a very happy sort of, there has to be a happy medium and stuff. And sometimes you underestimate how, you know, you will do things and you'll just be like, like when I first did the False Hydra for you guys um, and Ben Fee and stuff, I completely underestimated how easy that was going to be for us. And it, it was just sort of, you know, like your, like your, your family have just done. They just sort of basically yeah. one shot at it. And I was just like, oh, so that's it. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like something now I am getting to the point where if I feel things are getting too easy, I just up the, I up the level the hardest. Yeah. Or I, I throw in extra things just so it becomes a little bit more competitive. But I'm very mindful that I don't want to overdo it because yeah. there was that time when my brother threw in and he charged in and I, put, I upped the hardness and he, laid, he nearly got one-shotted by, um, and he would have like been out and out dead yeah. if it weren't for a few hit points by one character and stuff. And I was like, fuck. And that was me going too high and stuff. So it's very much finding that it, sort of happy medium. Middle ground. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was, and even then there are things the players will do that you just cannot expect. I mean, um, during the campaign for Dragon of Ice, Ice by Peak, you can find a necklace of fireballs. Now it doesn't say it's next fireballs and like and like it's just a very pretty necklace. And uh oh yeah, my, my son threw it to my daughter's well, my son kind of threw it to my daughter's character without realising what it was. And my, my daughter's my daughter failed to, you know, character failed to roll it towards something at one to catch it. Yeah. Now basically the necklace of fireball works by you you detach one Duel and throw it at someone, and yep. where it lands, cast a fireball spell at eight d six damage. <laughs> it gets better. You can f- take off more, and each additional duel does an extra d six damage. Or you could throw the entire thing, which is what uh, my son's character did, and roll for fifteen d six damage. <laughs> and my daughter's character failed to catch it. Oh, no. And worse, they like I just kind of just tried to kind of well, I was panicking like anything uh do you just trying to catch that necklace before it falls on the ground <laughs> but, well, you might want to yeah like, okay, like, catch like a certain oh. wizard casting a fireball at something he shouldn't have been fa- casting fireballs at and then... that was a miscommunication yeah <laughs> <laughs> if he's uh, there's like one of the early streams we did the early streams we did to sort of see if we could get into D again and um Pete's character basically he said I think he said if he sees anything he was just gonna you know jokingly if I no, see something it was, it was like if I see anything I'm gonna cast a fireball at it 
So I saw it and I cast a fiber. But that was not without appreciating the sheer size of what I was facing. Yeah, uh, and I was just like, and I was just like, oh fuck, I don't know how I can get out of this because if he does it, then there's literally no coming back. That's that's yeah. it. And I didn't want to ruin the stream by having you all die. So I was like, please do something to try and stop him. I still think our original idea of putting on a massive concert and deafening everybody with metal (laughs) and pyrotechnics and thunderclaps (laughs) would have been a brilliant tactic but someone thought that was a bit too silly see that's that's it you know it's you know the whole thing is that that's what the idea is and if if you've not tried it if you, you you should uh i don't think there's there was always a stigma with it wasn't there but it's just like it's yeah i think up until I would say the past ten years, has the stigma finally gone? I mean, I used to do D and then well, role playing in the nineties and eighties. That well, I've done, done gaming since the late eighties, and there was a massive stigma. I mean, we're talking about uh, the the massive Titanic panic in the eighties, and there was kind of the link. Even though like much of the uh, criti- um, scaremongering around gaming was kind of like thoroughly, you know, uh, discredited in the ni- 1990. There was still that lingering, oh, you know, it's for geeks, it's for nerds, it's for like, no, you know, who get, oh, he's, it's let's pretend, like, no, no, it's more than that. It's only the past 10 years where, like, you know, when you had like people like, um, not your dog, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, people like, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Vin, Vin Diesel coming out saying, yeah, I play role play, I play D&D. Yeah. And you know, it's just, I think the people that played D&D then in the 80s and 90s are now kind of in positions of authority. I kind of have a much greater platform. Yeah. Where we say, yeah, I play D&D, I'm a nerd. And when you've got someone like Vin Diesel saying, yeah, I do D and can't, I can't do this properly, but I'm not going to pretend. There's loads to of them. That. There's loads of them that do it and stuff. Yeah. You know, there's loads of them. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, 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 Joe Manganella. Joe Manganella. Manganella yeah. uh, John Fee. John Fee. Yeah, there's loads of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, uh, guitars from Rage Against the Machine. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, this? again, what's... it's like it's been massive. I mean, Tom Morello and Tom Holland. Tom, Tom Holland. Tom Morello. Tom Morello, that was it. Yeah. And yeah, it's like those many people have come out and said, Yeah, I play D D. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And it's and also the fact that he's now seen D D be used in therapy and as a coping mechanism. Like, like always kind of learning how to kind of develop uh, you know tactics. Learn how to kind of manage different social situations through role playing. Yeah, my dog is literally trying to get through the window at this moment in time. He's oh. kicking off. His, his arch nemesis is obviously walk past the window. Oh. I'm going to walk in there, and he's going to have chewed something. I know it. He's, he's such a that dog. That's it. He's coming. He's all whimpering now because he wants outside. No, <laughs> God. <laughs> <sighs> dogs right anyway uh, i'm gonna have to go now because he's of course he, he's gonna be he's just being a nightmare obviously as soon as i do, do anything but we're, we're at the tail end of this anyway so yeah. it's not too bad anyway ladies and gents it has been great thank you very much for uh watching uh, mr wilson as always it's great for all the comments much appreciated um if you're listening to this afterwards uh then Please w- listen to us live. We do it on Sundays most nights, though we may move it to a Monday at some point in time, depending on 
um, how things are. But um, please do join us, ask some questions and stuff. Um, we're still working on the whole Patreon thing. Um, we should have some nice extras and stuff for people at some point in time when Matt pulls his finger out to organise it. Um, but yeah, uh, for tonight, I've been Matt Geary, and with me has been my co-host, Peter Ray Allison. Good night, everyone. We'll catch each other. Night. Night.